Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what are we going to do? Why say, is your belt sit here and say higher than mine? Is what I'm Let's under. Let's be clear about this. Because like mine's the championship. We're belt. not going to agree on everything. Yeah, but I'm more important. Ooh, yours is the illegitimate belt. It's my house. How was your day? How the fuck was your day? I'm the machine. Machine. You might be a redneck. <laughs> a bunch of men talking about barbecue grills. Animals must think we're idiots. We're idiots. Since you love me so much. What? What's the deal with airplane? What I would suggest is just start. Welcome to Opening the Mic, the weekly podcast where you follow along with two aspiring comedians on their journey from stand-up open micers to real deal comedians. I'm Travis Stevenson. And I'm John Murphy. And for the first time ever on Opening the Mic, we have a guest in studio with us. So at home, ladies and gentlemen, round of applause. The one, the only, Johnny Yu. Cowtown Johnny. <laughs> Thanks for Uncle Johnny, me. man of many nicknames. Yeah. Many aliases. Yeah. Yeah. Is there a reason for that? <laughs> yeah. Is there something you need to tell us? Uh, well, actually, the Uncle Johnny, someone was making fun of me because I was like the oldest person at the club. Oh, yeah. And they started calling me Uncle Johnny. Cause, and sometimes I'll try to give like advice and they take it as like drunk uncle advice. Well, but, yeah, the best I feel advice. like you look good to be the oldest in the club. But. Well, I'm not the oldest anymore. I'm just the oldest funny person now. Yeah. That's, that's right. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> Phil, Phil, Phil Catron has me beat on. Oh, oldest, yeah. But, yeah. He's not there. He's not a regular, though. No, he's not. We don't see him as often as we see you. So that's how we met Johnny, our local club, the one we're talking about all the time on here. Uh, we met him there. Didn't know him beforehand. He was just like us going in, trying to do some open mic. Is that your first open mic experience was there, or did you do some? You're from California, right? Yes, I am. Okay. Did you do any comedy or anything there? No. So your first time on stage was at Blue Ridge? Yeah, it was actually... Travis's first time, yeah. I think, too. Yeah, it was all of our first time for sure. Yeah, no, like the same day. Oh, that same day. Oh, really? Was yeah. Oh, wow. Because we were in, we took a class together, and right. I've talked about this before. Like, I took the class because it was stand-up comedy and comedy writing, and I was like, oh, cool, I'll learn how to write funny things for my YouTube channel, and and just it would be a good skill to have. And then you were there, and uh, you actually gave me my first tag, like when we had our little writing assignment. So we had to write this thing out, and you gave me my first tag, and I used it that night, and it killed. And I was like, oh, this is cool. And then I learned the whole art of like giving everybody tags. And, you know, sometimes people are cool with it. You know, you hear somebody's set and they get off. And you're like, I thought I have a cool tag for this. And you'll tell them. I'm yeah. like, oh, yeah, maybe I'll use that. And then it's cool to see them incorporate it. Yeah. And then sometimes people are, you know, like, yeah, I'll do my own thing. Fuck off, loser. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not funny enough to do my own thing. So, But I was impressed because we did like an exercise. It was like, what, did, what does he look like? Yeah. And I said, I don't want to step on your joke, but I said youth pastor. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then he in like five minutes, he had like his set written on Youth Pastor. I'm like, you got to go up there and do that. And he went up there and did it. And I said, well, if you're going to go up, I'll go up. And so that was that was your first bit, was you look like a youth yeah. pastor. That, and you were the one who told him he looked like a youth pastor. Yes. Yeah, so, but we were just, it was an exercise for the Oh, the I know, but I'm just saying like, it all yeah. started with you still. Like you're, Thanks. so now Pretty it's much. like, now, now we got to go uh, Grandpa Johnny, the grandfather now. Because you, you're the one who started Godfather this Johnny. Godfather, yeah, that's what we need. Yeah. Not Grandpa Johnny. <laughs> yeah, that was a little, I guess that was hurtful. But no, when we get in the class, and I didn't understand the assignment, and, and the owner of the club's still a little buttered about it, because he goes, we're going we're gonna to do this exercise where we go around the room, and we're going to make assumptions about each other, because so much of comedy is making assumptions and breaking assumptions. I'm like, all right, cool. And then he gets to me first, and he's like, okay, Trev, make an assumption about me. I'm like... You look like the kid from The Sixth Sense if he grew up and he's not doing well. And he's like, no, nah, I meant like, 
I'm in IT. Or... That's, that, that's what I said. I said, you look like an out-of-work IT guy. Yeah. 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 Like, don't, uh... He's like, guys, not like out of... We don't need the clarifiers. He goes, this isn't a roast. He goes, just give me an assumption. And then I was like, I was being shitty to everybody. I didn't mean to be because I just didn't understand the assignment. I got to this one girl and she's... You know, uh, she's in her 40s and she's a, a pretty for her, you know, she takes care of herself and yeah. she's into like looks and fashion and stuff. And I was like, you look like you've had, you know, you're on your seventh Etsy shop and it's not, you know, it's not doing well or whatever. <laughs> so I was like, I was shitting on everybody. I didn't mean to. I was like, that's just what I assume she was. And it gets to me. I was like, oh man, they're going to be brutal. They're going to be like, oh, he looks gay or like a pedophile or this or that. I'm like, I was like, here it comes. And then, you know, Angie, the girl who, uh, she's the nicer looking older lady. And she was like, you look like you spend a lot of time on your hair. And I'm like, oh, thank you. <laughs> I've been insulting everybody. I just got compliments. And then finally, you know, Johnny said... Uh, you look like a youth pastor. Youth pastor. And then I think you also said... Uh, Which covers gay and pedophile. No, exactly, yeah. I think he he was said, just, it was a blanket statement. And yeah. then he said store manager at Long John's, which is fucking hilarious. Yeah, that's <laughs> I told, also true. I told Angie that... Because uh, she looks a little high maintenance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. High maintenance. Um, I said, it looks like you have a submissive husband. <laughs> <laughs> that's how, like, what I bonded yeah. with Johnny right away is because everybody else was trying to hit and be funny on the first day. And me and Johnny were just like, this is just what came out naturally. It's like, I wasn't trying to put anything on. We just didn't understand the assignment. <laughs> yeah. That I was understood the assignment. That was me being nice. Yeah. I mean, you've met me. Yeah. Right? Well, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's on the nicer side. <laughs> yeah. I, I say things to be funny. Right. Um, that are mean. Oh, yeah. And I don't know they are. But I always say, don't judge me on what I say. Judge me on what I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I take care of people. I like to make people happy and have fun. I, I just like laughing. And if things that I say hurt your feelings, then we shouldn't hang out. That's, yeah. That's all I'm saying. Even even when you're insulting me, you do it so sweetly. <laughs> you'd be like, like I'll get off, and you'd be like, that was really funny, you piece of shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we already established first time you were on stage was at Blue Ridge at our local club. Yeah. So let me ask, like, we know why I was there. Because like I was trying to like learn how to write. I mean, I'd always been interested in stand up, and I thought about doing stand up previously, but then I chicken shit it out. And then when I became thirty one, I'm like, ah, I'm, t- I'm too old to try this. So I'm not going to try it. But then I went to do comedy writing, and then I got kind of forced on stage, and now I freaking love it. So that was why I wanted to do it. What caused you to sign up for that class? What interested you in stand up? I've always loved stand up, and uh, my previous present. Previous profession was police officer. A lot of peas. Yeah. <laughs> the pee filter. Uh, but, um, and I didn't have the freedom to do it. I can't go up there and say, what's on my mind? Uh, you'd lose your job right. like quick. So, as soon as I stopped being a police officer and a club opened up here in town, I was like, eh, I'm going to do it. And I've always loved comedy. And this is going to sound like a brag, but it is. Um, <laughs> I'd tell what we what my wife would call crowd pleasers. So we'd go to parties, and she's like, "Where are we going to this party? We barely know anybody there." I'm like, "They want me to come tell crowd pleasers like just funny stories." And next thing you know, I will have ten people standing around me, and I'm telling the same story that I tell every. So you, you were workshopping there, yeah. didn't even know it, I guess. Yeah, yeah. and like briefing, um, there's ten to fifteen folks in briefing, and it is it is like a snake pit. Like you could say anything you want, do anything you want. You could joke about, you know, baby death. Yeah. Whatever you, you know, it, it's all cops. And we were just relentless and rude to each other. And the darker, the better. I yeah. Guess. There was no like anything sexually explicit. Yeah. It was, 
to the point of criminally sexually explicit, <laughs> we still joked about, you know, so. Well, I mean, in a lot, in a lot of work like that, I guess you kind of got to, right, to be able to deal with some of the shit you see and do, right? Like, that's like, oh, like, yeah. like a little bit of a coping thing is just to make light of the terrible situations, I would assume. I mean, I've never been a cop, thank God, because... I'd be a, such a shitty cop. Oh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I'd be so terrible at it. I have I have friends for life just from saying one funny thing in an extremely stressful situation. Oh, yeah. That's when the funniest stuff, because there's so yeah. much tension and then somebody breaks the ice with something stupid. Yeah. Oh, it's the best. We were talking about that last night. It's like we're notorious for going to a funeral of a very close yeah. friend or loved one or whatever and sitting in the back and cracking jokes yeah because that's, that's how you deal with that yeah shit. that's how we deal with it like the high stress high intensity situations are the ones where jokes help the most and i think they hit the hardest like when you're not supposed to be laughing that's when it's the funniest right yeah. but also you, you notice it whenever we do like those because you are the world's worst for like picking sucky things to do and that's what that's your thing so we have all these <laughs> shared suffering moments where he's like it's like hey you know what would be great and then fast forward six hours later We've we've went to some bullshit area. We wound up like sleeping in the bed of a truck because plans didn't pan out. We're soaking wet. We're huddled together, and you know it's just miserable. And he's always roping me into miserable experiences. But whenever like you finally break and your spirits are over with, and you're like, "Fuck, this is just going to be a miserable night." That's when some of the funniest shit starts being said. Oh yeah, yeah. I I own up to that 100. I am <laughs> I am that guy. You remember that time? It would be a lot of fun. It's never that fun. Like the shit we got into growing up. It Do you remember was that bad. time we went to that campground? Oh, yeah. I fucking, so yeah. We're like, okay, so I think we're 15, 15 or 16, something like that. You you, yeah, had, just got your, you yeah. had just got your license. Have you guys kissed yet, or are you still? No, we were still <laughs> we were, we were still flirting around the okay. idea. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I thought he meant in general. I was like, have we kissed? And I was like, have we kissed? Yeah, of course. <laughs> what, have you not drank beer, Johnny? <laughs> when, Jesus. when you were 15 is what I was talking about. No, no, we were still dancing around yeah. at that point. Yeah. <laughs> but, so he's got his license, and he's like, his dad uh, had a RV at a campground, um, maybe an hour up the you road. Know, white trash shit. Yeah, it was at like a campground with a lake and cool stuff. So, so a house. Yeah, yeah but pretty right, much a house. Yeah. <laughs> it was nicer. Than nicer than house. most of our houses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he was like, uh, he's like, hey, let's do the old thing where you don't tell your parents where you're. You, you'll tell them you're staying with me. I'll tell them I'm staying with you, and then we'll sneak off. We'll go to this campground. My dad's probably got like three beers in the fridge. We'll drink those. There's like a little teen hall. Where there's like pool tables and arcade games, and we could go meet girls oh, and yeah. stuff. We were going, we were going, trolling for puss. Yeah. So we go out there, and then we are trying to drink these old ass beers that have been sitting in a you know a little fridge there probably for years, and we're just drinking those. And we get in this little dad's golf cart, and we drive over to the pool hall where the teens hang out. And we get out, and we see these two girls, and we start talking with them. And we, we go back to the front porch because, you know, these weren't just campers. They had fucking porches on them because, you know, rednecks yeah, love to build decks. They've been there a while. <laughs> they love to build decks. So we're out there. We're sitting with these two girls. We're talking with them. And one of these girls is trouble. And she's like, you guys should, we got to go to bed now, but you guys should come back out and, you know, we'll keep talking. And Yeah, she's and, like, come back at like 2 a.m. and we'll come back out and meet you. I'm like, that's what, that's what we're here for, right, <laughs> is that 2 a.m. meeting with a couple of teenage girls, which come to find out, one was slightly younger than the other, <laughs> yeah. but that's another story. <laughs> Which, I mean, okay, it was 15 and 12, and I was 15, so it's like three years difference, but still it felt like I was going to jail because she didn't have teen in her age. Yeah. <laughs> she was like... She there's looked, a, big, there's big, a big difference between 15 and 12. Yeah, yeah, middle school and high school. But she looked like she was 18. And I, I feel she gross like even saying one. that. I was like, ooh, she looked a lot older. Yeah. <laughs> it just sounds like well, some no, shit. Because I remember us starting, and I was like, I want the blonde. 
No, she, I wanted the blonde. You wanted the brunette who was chill bait. Yeah. <laughs> like, she lo- I was like, she looks a little older. I'm a little older, so that works out good. And then and we then found we, out her age, and then it became like a fist fight between the two of us. Like, no, I want the, I want the legal to talk to one. The like, not, neither one of them are legal. But anyway, so we go back at like 2 a.m. to this camper. And I'm like, what's our plan? Because it's just a, a, an RV. Like, there's <laughs> this limited space in this shit. <laughs> there's and not like goes, a what we're back gonna do door. Is we're going to tap on the window. And I'm like, well, how the fuck are we going to know which one is hers? And she's probably damn sleeping in a, you know, a microwave bed or something because every RV has got a pullout bed from the microwave or the toilet or whatever. (laughs) So I'm like, how do we know where to knock? So we knock on the window. We just picked a window. And feet, you know, the door opens up and I see feet walking. I'm like, okay, it's a girl coming. It's a girl. And it wasn't a girl. It was her grandmother, an old lady. (laughs) And she was so sweet. She's like, Samantha is in bed. So y'all are going to have to just go away now. So bye bye now. And we're like, all right, bye. And then we get back and I'm like, well, that was, you know, kind of cool so let's just sit here and try to drink this beer we'll finish this beer <laughs> and that's all we needed at 16 was a half a beer apiece to get the courage to go back and knock again no you wouldn't stop like you were like uh, he was like full of lust and rage and piss and hormones yeah, and he's like no we gotta go back and he's like dude pussies will never be heroes he goes do you want to live a life with regrets i'm like you can't be a pussy all your life right johnny yep. at some point you got to go. So he talks me into it. So we go back, and instead of like picking a new fucking window, like some real dipshits, we knock on the same fucking window, it's and then a door opens, reach. and I'm like, tap, 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 and then I hear the door open, and I'm like, oh, maybe she's coming, and John goes, it's a dude's feet, run, <laughs> and I'm like, what? And I look up, and I go, what? And I look up, and I see him just fucking bolt, and then I turn back around, and there's this dude with a fucking gun pointed at me, and goes, don't fucking move. And I'm like, oh, listen yeah, yes, to, sir. Yes, listen, sir. Listen to how this little bitch, <laughs> listen to how pussified this motherfucker got in an instant, okay? You're a cop. You probably dealt with some stuff like this. Have you ever heard of someone being such a bitch that he does this? First of all, he stops. Oh, the guy told me, he goes, move into the light. And I'm like, well, I'm going to get shot, so might as well fucking do what he says. He goes, what's your name? I'm going to go, Travis Stevenson. I give him my full name. I would have given my social security number if he would have asked. <laughs> and Murphy. then he's like, what's his name? So I come back. I'm not going to leave him out here to die. So I come <laughs> I'm back. like, John. And then you he's go, like, Smith. John. I'm like, Smith. Smith. John Smith. <laughs> Fucking don't give him your real name, dude. It's just a guy. It's just some dude. Like, <laughs> yeah, he's not... <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he wants a biography before he shoots me and then has his way with my corpse. I don't know. <laughs> he, he may not have even wanted your last name, dummy. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, no, no. He did because he goes, John. He goes, what's his last name? And then he walks around. He goes, Smith. Like, come. My last name's Murphy, obviously. (laughs) Like, dude, lie, lie for longer, lie a little. (laughs) So then we get done, and and then he tells us to fuck off and not to come back. And I'm like, yes, sir. Didn't want to come here in the first place. You know, it was my jackass friend. So then we go to leave, and then Murphy goes. My dad's going to find out we're here. We're going to get busted. And he goes, we got to leave. And I'm like, well, it's already two in the morning, so can't we just sleep and then leave in the morning? He goes, no, I, d- I can't have any evidence that I'm here. I'm like, well, we already like drank beer and they like they have my name and know what we look like. Nothing would do them. So we pack up, we leave, we get in the truck and we drive around and he finds like an abandoned like Magic Mart, like an old shittier version of Kmart. And he goes, all right, we're just going to sleep in the truck until morning. I'm like, okay, cool. All right, I'm going to sleep in the cab. And then he goes like, no, I got to go sleep in the bed. I'm like, it's cold and it's rainy and it's wet. I'm like, I'm going to sleep right here. And he goes, I can't sleep sitting up. Tough shit. <laughs> like, that, what does that have to but do with I'm me? I'm not going to be miserable, cold and wet, and you be comfy and warm yeah. in a bench seat. That's just going to help your sleeping situation and make mine worse. So he's like, well, if you're going to try to go to sleep, I'm just going to sit here and sing all my favorite songs until <laughs> I'm tired. I'm not going to. First of all, we're in this predicament because you can't lie. Yeah. That's why this No, all we're happened. in the predicament because you can't leave well enough alone. You were in that predicament because neither of you two can run. 
No, he ran. I just didn't. I was gone. I'd pay to see you two try to run away from something. Well, no, I, that 20. was before I got fat. I was fairly fast. Yeah, I was I was quick. I was gone. And then I was like, dude, I'm not going to let him go down by himself. But anyway. A true friend would let him go down by himself. I should have. <laughs> I still regret that. But it was your idea, so you had to feel guilty. Because no, I was totally cool just meeting up, trying a beer, playing some arcade games. I'm like, you know. We feel like we're alone because we don't have parents in the house. I'm 14. Like, fuck yeah. Cuddling with John. 15. Yeah. Yeah. Nuts to butts. Mm. Yeah. Pull to hole. Yeah. <laughs> Pull to hole. <laughs> All right. So anyway, uh, you got any crazy getting caught by? Because the reason we had to leave is because my dad was on like the security department there. So I didn't want him to get in trouble. For like, because he worked for the campground while he's, that's why he got to stay there for free. I didn't want there to be evidence that I was there that next morning when the new security guard came over and was like, hey, why are you here? And where's your dad? And all that shit. I just wanted us to not be there at all. That's the reason I didn't want him to get in trouble. Well, yeah, but the point of the story is like, I was doing that horrible fucking thing. We're sleeping in the bed at night and it's so miserable. And when we're staring up at like the fucking rain hitting me while I'm sleeping in your wet ass truck bed, like I just look over you and just everything became fucking hilarious and we just start shitting on the situation. Oh yeah. So I mean like have you been in situations where like you've been in a shitty situation and it's funnier because of it or you're going through like you know something tough with your army, you know your air force buddies or army buddies. Yeah, I we call that embracing the suck. Yeah. So I like that. Here here's a story. We as working with one of my partners and the city just annexed a portion of county property and they're going to turn it into city stuff, but it was still like I don't know, rural houses, like out, like something like this. Okay. And uh, people in the county live different than people in the city. Like they could shoot rifles on their property. They could do what they want. So we get a call of somebody shooting a gun off a porch and screaming and yelling. So me and my partner show up, and he used to be a Green Beret. He's like a legit like right. guy. So we get there, and we hear like a twenty two going off. I'm like, oh, it's probably some, you know, Farmer shooting possums or raccoons or right. something in a field. And uh, so we don't bring any of our good weapons. We just go up with our pistols and we just can go talk to the guy. But it's from the road to his house is probably 150 yards and the gate was closed. So we had to walk up. And as we're walking up, we have our flashlights and everything. And then we hear a real rifle shot, like a 30 out six go off. Oh, no. And then we're like, oh, oh no. And then we hear a whiz, and then a rifle crack. Oh, no. Uh-oh. So that means they're shooting at you. So we <laughs> dive and hide behind this tree that's as big around as that table. Um, and we're there, and we're basically pinned down from this guy laying in like a cow pasture for probably three hours. And uh, we used to carry little pocket recorders. This was back in the early 90s. Yeah. And uh, so we were just joking around the whole time, recording ourselves, laughing our asses off while they're mobilizing SWAT teams to come <laughs> rescue everybody. We're like, uh, note to Randy Weaver, he was my boss, uh, you suck as a person and nobody likes you. <laughs> <laughs> if, I, if I die, don't come to my funeral, just play this. <laughs> and we just left it running and I'm like, hey, his, my partner's name was Tom. Like, hey, Tom, look out and see if he's still there. He's like, this is a bad angle, Johnny. You look out and see if he's still there. I'm like, no, man, just look out and see if he's still there. You know. And so we just bicker and have. I mean, so we you're just laughing your ass off. Oh, none, yeah. none of that stuff is funny. But, of course not. Yeah, because you're uh, like, but because you're embracing the suck. Yeah. There, but when you're there, what else are you gonna do? Die, die angry? Yeah, yeah right? <laughs> that's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> so the did the guy know you were police and? Wasn't cool with that, or he just thought you were intruders, or did you ever figure out? Uh, he was about ninety percent drunk. 
Uh, oh yeah, that'll so, get it. That'll happen every time. Uh, yep. he, we we really didn't get a good statement from him. Um, <laughs> he went to he went to jail. Yeah, well, he shot oh, yeah. at some cops, so you know, there's that. <laughs> and then we tore his house down. Oh yeah, as a revenge thing or. It was no. a county thing. It was <laughs> like you personally went in there and was like, you know what? Fuck this guy. <laughs> <laughs> no. it, it was torn down, not by us, though. But. All right. So you started doing stand-up at Blue Ridge. Your first first bit you did on stage or whatever, was that one of those stories that you used to tell at parties? Or was it something you had written completely new? Kind of a little bit of both, I guess. Kind of think of what your first bit was. I think it was the one about my father-in-law. Maynard, yeah. 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 yeah I I haven't told that any stories because he actually died over the the, the pandemic. So, oh, okay. But uh, he and I had a unique relationship, so I was always thinking about ways to to fuck with him. Yeah. So, <laughs> now that he's dead, it's easy. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good bit too. I uh, the first uh, I think the first time I ever saw you because I didn't go to your all's first one. I, w- I wasn't there till the second week. So I started a week after all of you guys did because uh, I wasn't in the class. And um, the first thing I ever heard you say on stage when you walked up was like something about how like this. Yeah, I know my face looks angry, but I'm not that pissed off. And I was like, yeah. self-aware. That's good. I like mm-hmm. that. I was like, <laughs> so initially I was like, well, if nothing else, this guy's going to be self-aware. Like, cause you do walk up and you have like a scowl almost like most of the, well, it's just, you you got resting angry face. <laughs> so you got up there and it was like, yep, this is the way my face looks. And I was like, okay, this guy's going to be pretty good. And then I think you went into that bit the second week, maybe a different version of it or whatever. And I was like, you know what? I like that guy. And we started hanging out a little bit after that, after shows and stuff like that. And I think that your progress from the first time I saw you to like what you do on stage now is crazy like how much more comfortable you seem yeah it's still not funny but no no you're still (laughs) fucking terrible but (laughs) and that's a passive aggressive way of saying you really sucked in the beginning because i mean you're leaps and bounds over where you were (laughs) two months ago the material was fine but you could tell that you were like uncomfortable with the stage i guess or whatever you just seem so much more comfortable now like when you walk up now it's kind of like everybody shut the fuck up and listen what i got to say well what helped? So the first time I went up, I felt pretty good. I think for the first time, I, f- oh, yeah. I, f- I felt pretty... Because I, I like didn't it know it was well. your first time when you went up. Yeah, and... But after the first time, I just ate all the dicks and bombed, and it didn't bug me that much. Yeah, you get over it. It's done. Yeah, I'm like, well, I'm just going to come do better next week. Uh, I want to do better, but I realized there's really not that much to, f- to fear because the only pain is the pain you put on yourself. So... I'm up there trying something to be funny. If it doesn't work, then scrap it. I'll try something else. Yeah. Next week, I'm not going to lose any sleep over. Oh, not me. I get so freaking nervous before I go up there, especially when I'm trying something new. Still, still. And you'll have some jackass be like, oh, yeah, next up is Bristol's Funniest. I'm like, it's an open mic, and I'm trying stuff that's brand new. I'm going to eat all the dicks. Don't put that on me right now. (laughs) Like, oh, this guy should be funny. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, well. (laughs) Ah, well, give it time. We'll see. Yeah. So, uh, because this is opening the mic and we try to demystify comedy for people who are just starting or whatever, how do you go about writing a bit? Yeah, because kind of like us, you've, you've been able to crank out quite a bit of material because in a short amount of time, you rarely do the same five. You know, you've had a, Really, yeah. yeah. If, I, if it's a set, like if I get a guest spot on the weekend, I will um, do stuff I know that 
Well, yeah, you have works. to. Yeah, that's. But if it's an open mic, uh, you're trying not, to do pretty not much. a lot that I get to go to, so I just want to try new stuff or do something that's similar with a different ending mm-hmm. or a different right. whatever. But my jokes are stories, honest to God stories. You know, like my father-in-law treated me uh, less than perfectly. He didn't think we should get married. <laughs> yeah. So that's why I made a joke about it. And, you know, here I've been married for 32 years. Right. And he really thought it would never last. Um, he was wrong. You know, all my police stories, they're all based in truth. I'll punch up a something or other here to get a laugh or whatever. Um, I'll tell other people's stories that I was just a witness to and I'll put myself in the role where I could um, be the butt of the joke instead of trying to say someone else was the butt of the joke or, right. or whatever, just to, so that way I don't look like a a total jackass. But um, So are you sitting down with pen and paper whenever you're writing these stories out? Are you are you walking around trying to say it and record it? Like, Yeah, if I'm if I'm drinking, I write it down because uh, I'm sitting there drinking at home by myself or whatever in the dark normally. <laughs> <laughs> no pants. No pants. I was going to say pants optional. So Yeah. Um, but lately I've been just saying things into my phone, like recording voice messages in my phone, and then the next day I'll listen to them and see if there's anything that I could salvage from my... Um, Ramblings. I noticed that's how I started. I was writing... I would say things in a recorder, and then I would listen back to it. And especially if it was like a week later, I'd listen to it, and I could take myself out of it and be like, ah, that guy's fucking up here. He should say this. I'm like, oh, that's me. That's what I'll do. And now I've been writing things down, and I think it makes it harder because when I'm seeing it in text or you know, on paper, I can't hear the delivery, and I can't hear how it should go. So it's harder for me almost to... Yeah, I, I, I don't write word for word. I do like what a PowerPoint should be, where right. they give you a bullet, and then you talk about yeah. that subject, not just reading the entire screen. So, I noticed that too. Whenever I was starting to get like, I remember I got a guest spot and for a a pretty decent comedian, and the first time I go up, I I did what the club owner told me that he thought I should do, and I'd memorized it, you know, memorized it word for word. I'd rehearsed it a thousand times, and I go up there, and it's so stiff and shitty and not good that I'm like, there's no way I'm fucking doing this for the late show. I'm like, no way. So then I did a bit that I'd only did once, and it was just for a five minute open mic, and I had to stretch it out for ten minutes. But because I didn't have any pressure on myself, and I was, you know, I didn't have, you know, I hadn't rehearsed it, and I hadn't memorized it, you know, memorized it to the syllable. Like, it was just so much more loose up there, and I could actually be funny, and I was thinking of things, and I was messing with the audience. So that's how I've been trying to do stuff now is, like you said, a PowerPoint. Have a bullet. I know this joke will work. I know where the punchline is, but depending on what's going on, I may throw some different words in there or phrases. And sometimes you come up with a better word on the spot. Mm Mm-hmm. Like I was trying to find a, it was a joke about female police officers and they're built like John Murphy. Yeah. <laughs> Large but, and in charge, but baby. I want, I didn't want to, it's for a clean set that we're supposed to do. So I didn't want to say, you know, all the trigger words, fat, ridiculously fat, obese, <laughs> bound to die. Sloppy. Yeah, sweats Crisco. Yes. You know, I didn't want to say any of those things it's about. Butter. Yeah. So I just spontaneously came up with sturdy. Like sturdy, yeah, sturdy, that's yeah. a that's a good word. Sturdy too. women, mm-hmm. you know, and everybody knew what I was saying, type of thing. But yeah, they're not going to blow away in a storm. <laughs> that's well, uh, they had to that's be, also a funny word too. They had to be prostitutes. It was a prostitutes thing. So I was like, I'm going to have to start the pricing at four dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Obo or best offer. Yeah. <laughs> that's, all right. Uh, let's see. Comedy. Uh, what? Inspirations in comedy, your favorite comedians, the guys who make you laugh the hardest. 
who uh, who inspires you? Which is like, so as far as just like uh, like one of my favorites was always Don Rickles. I just like the way he roasts people and burns people. He's just such his persona where he never looks like happy and he's angry. Yeah, um, yeah. And he says ridiculous things to people. I just love him. But as far as like uh, my favorite when I was young, Sam Kinison. Yep. Period. Yep. I could see that. Yep. Um, yeah. I saw him live in DC when in either 80s or early 90s. I bet that was wild. Yeah. On a date with some chick I was uh, having relations with, but now she's my wife. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, you know, as it, as it goes on, like now I like like Tim Dillon and, you know. I like Tim Dillon a Tim lot. Tim Dillon's really good. So too. we drove four hours to see him in Raleigh just. Literally, we made like a weekend of it and got a hotel room for two nights. And yeah, he was awesome. I can see, I can see uh, some Kennison in you. I can see where that was an inspiration or whatever. I can see Rickles in you. Yeah. That's a you can tell that those like you're not doing their shit or anything, of course. But like, yeah, can, like he's not yelling like Kennison, but he does the same amount of cocaine. So I get it. I get yeah, it. Yeah, very similar. <laughs> I haven't found any good cocaine out here yet, though. Uh, I bet you, my if you neighbor do, I'll do can a line hook as big you as up. Table with you. <laughs> I don't know how you feel about meth. But I've got some neighbors that would just hook you up with the best crystal meth. It's got to be good because I got people coming in now this road like twenty four seven. They make it with love. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Use grandma's recipe. We're in the south. If I wanted, if I wanted meth, I could make my own. <clears throat> yeah, you probably probably would have no problem getting the recipe because that was that was your thing. As are you cool talking about that? Like Tell what me. you did as a cop. Yep. yep. So you were like you were big on the drug side. Probably doing them, but also trying to stop people from doing them, right? I would get fired day one. I never did ele- anything illegal when I was a police officer. <laughs> okay, you're clear now. <laughs> <laughs> so no, you were a detective, right? I, I was. And some a lot of your stand-up comes from that, like comes from stories about that. It and my, yeah, it was my life. Yeah, well, so, so. for what, 30 years? Just about, yeah. And you did undercover stuff, right? A lot of it, yeah. How that did you not intense. take bricks of money or coke or prostitutes? I worked at a vitamin world in a mall, and I don't work out, like, obviously. But whenever they had, like, the protein, that they're like, this stuff's no good. We're going to send it back for lost or stolen reclaim or whatever. I would just take it. So <laughs> I would just, every Christmas, people were getting fucking tubs of protein, well, you know, caffeine pills, like spirulina, whatever was hot. I don't think the evidence room is marking out bricks of coke for expiration yeah but if he pulls away. over somebody on a bust and he like pats him down and then there's like a bag of coke right there you know like oops <laughs> mainly two reasons one is um jail sucks yeah probably sucks worse for like an ex-cop jail really sucks for a cop <laughs> so. that's a good place to die yeah <laughs> slowly there's a lot of people in there that are there because of you so <laughs> you know what I'm realizing? This is the first job. My current job is the first job I have where I haven't robbed that place blind because I was yeah. like, well, I worked yeah, as a butcher. A person, dude. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> I worked as a butcher in a meat department, right? And they would throw away this food like a couple days before it goes bad because they're like, ah, fuck it. We have to have this done by Wednesday. So they would just do it on a Wednesday. So if shit went bad a few days later, they would just chuck it. And I'm like, well, that's stupid. They wouldn't reduce it. They wouldn't get rid of it. So I would just like, I'm like, can I take it home? Give it to a, a food shelter or something like that? They're like, nah, just throw it away. And I. Didn't want to throw food away. That's not how I was raised. So I'd grab all this shit and I would take it through the back and I would set it by the dumpsters where the, where the trucks would come in to make their deliveries and homeless guys just started gathering there. And I'm like, hey, this is my shit. Don't fuck with my shit. 
I'll get you a cut, okay? So then I had to start <laughs> sectioning it off for every homeless guy that would come up. Like, these are mine. You don't touch mine. I get the ribeyes. You get the pork. <laughs> and then I would have to do that and then wait like 10 minutes before I'd go on break. And then I'd go out and get my car and I'd run around the building. And I would get the meat. And then I would have to drive it home, put it in the fridge, and then get back. And it was just like every job I've ever had, there was like always something going on theft-wise. And the, the other reason why I'd never like take money or evidence or... Anything like that is in California, you get paid ridiculously well. Oh yeah, as a cop, to be yeah. a cop. See, so, I was making five fifteen an hour in the meat <laughs> department, so if you lose, I had to give myself tips wherever I could, you know. So if uh, so, including like benefits and pay and you know all that type of stuff, uh, I think my package was like over one hundred fifty grand a year. Jeez, so it's, it's not worth risking it. And for then, a, and then I bump. get to re- retire at fifty, which I did. And now I make 75% of that for the rest of my life, plus paid medical. Whoa. I am moving to California. Don't do it. <laughs> Becoming a cop. He's just saying it because he doesn't want anybody else to do what he did. Yeah. No, it's, just, it's expensive to live out there, too. That's why we're out here now. It's... That was actually going to be my next question. What on earth put you here? Did you have family here? Did your wife have family here? Yes. That's always the end. No one ever's like, you know where I think? Bristol. <laughs> no, I, so I met my wife in Washington, D.C. She lived in Virginia. And she was just tramping it up at some bar when I met her. Yeah. and uh, Seems like the type. Listen, <laughs> your wife is a lovely lady, and She's I'll not have you speak about her like she that. She is a sweetheart. <laughs> she is awesome. I love her. My wife? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. She's awesome. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> She's always been absolutely wonderful to me. No, and then She's very giving, loving, gives the best hugs, not head, but yeah. hugs. <laughs> yeah. And every time I've left my wallet there, she's brought it back to me. So... <laughs> She has no problem returning things, and all the cash is in there. Yeah. Despite me trying to pay her for her services, she's like, "No, I do it for the love." I can't believe you're talking bad about her, knowing she's sick with cancer. She's not, Johnny. She beat it according to your joke. <laughs> she did. I'm glad because I was like, "Wait a second, I thought she beat it too." My fucking heart just sank in my stomach. I'm like, "No." <laughs> but I, I met her in D.C. and I got yeah. transferred to California, and she went with me. We were married. Um, and then I got a good job out there, so we stayed out there until I retired. And then I actually picked Bristol because I was looking at a magazine called Where to Retire. Oh, really? And they had the um, politics, gun laws, yep. taxes, weather, climate, outdoor stuff, a little bit of nightlife. Mm-hmm. Uh, anywhere in the Tri-Cities would have been cool with me, and we just lucked into our place in Bristol and I like it. And we we're actually just going to buy a rental property. We're just going to buy a property. We'll live until we find a house and then rent that out. Yeah. Um, and we end up just liking the neighborhood. Just staying and just staying. How long have you been here? How long have you been in Bristol? Uh, two and a half years. Oh, so it's not that long. I thought you'd been here a lot longer than that. No. So how shitty was DC? Oh, I love DC. Really? Oh yeah. As a cop? Oh, I was in the military. Oh, okay, okay. So, yeah, I was in the military. So my job, I was in the Air Force, and my job was, uh, they called it ceremonial guardsmen. Um, really, really small unit. And we did all of the ceremonial jobs that required guys in uniform at the White House or the Pentagon. And we also did all the military funerals at Arlington Cemetery. So in two years, I did 500. Oh, wow. Jeez, that's heavy shit, too. That's no, I was, but that's why you joke about funerals. Yeah. I mean... After the funeral, we got on the bus that was 30 yards away, and 
someone would turn on a boombox with De La Soul on and we'd start dancing before. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. Before the yeah. family after. even left. Yeah, so yeah. After, after the first, you know, 10, you're like, and... Yeah, being serious yeah, you're probably deaf in one ear because back. of, like, all the 21-gun salutes. Yeah. Yeah. It's but, actually firing three volleys, but that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> you dumb motherfucker. 21... 21 gun salute is to... The seven rifles and they shoot three times, right? Yes, firing three volleys. It doesn't have to be seven rifles. But what happened is you'd, you'd clean your dead and wound up from the battlefield and the way to signal that it's time to start fighting again is you'd fire three volleys. Oh. oh. But they call, they call it 21 because there's usually seven, right? Because they're wrong. Yeah, so you're you're fucking stupid. I'm an expert in this. Yeah, uh, yeah, no, no argument here. A, a Twenty-one gun salute is done for like foreign dignitaries or the president, especially if they're coming in by by ship or at the Pentagon, and that's done to signify that your your batteries, your cannons are all unloaded. You shoot all twenty-one of the cannons, uh, and they're and they're fired one at a time. Yeah, Trevor, you stupid yeah. motherfucker. I'm sorry. Jesus. I'm just gonna go ahead and leave. <laughs> See yeah. myself out. Good. Tra- travel once in a while, huh? I go to D- I like DC. I go to DC. Oh, I, lo- I had a great time in DC. There was something to do every night of the week, and I'm not talking about looking at monuments. I mean, right. there's nightlife every night of the week. I've just always heard it's like a really rough area, and it's dirty. It's got rough and- parts for sure. Like yeah. the last time I was there, like I was going, I was driving through, and there was like a whole row of cars, and you parked on the street, street parking, so probably like 500 cars, and yeah. every single one of them had their back glass busted out and robbed. Yeah. And I was like, shit. <laughs> like, so some dude is just going, well, I mean, if you're, well, still. Sure. I mean, what, are you going to stop after one? You've got a whole row of But when you get shit. to like the 30th car, like you think that maybe somebody would call the cops. Like, no. This dude just setting a land speed record for smash and grab. Maybe that's where that came from, smash and grab. Mm-hmm. Think about it. Maybe. But... It was the murder capital of the United States when I was there. It was like during the crack epidemic. Oh, yeah. There were just neighborhoods you didn't go to, you know. So there were places that it was like chill. I mean, I went in high school for like a school trip, but we did like the Smithsonian, the, the mall, you know, like all of that stuff. Yeah. Like we didn't go to the real parts of the city where you would live and stuff. It was all just the touristy spots. But like I just remember in high school, everyone saying like DC's pretty rough, man. Like it's a scary place to live. Yeah, it's it was, also compared to here where it's like yeah, there might be a murder per year. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. But I, I I never had any you know problems there and all. So I always hung out like where the college crowds would hang out like Georgetown and yeah. you know I want to go to the bars where there were uh young people to hang out with cuz I was young. Yeah. So that's all. I didn't, I didn't need to go by crack. So well, you know, you had your connections. Not yet. So. <laughs> but te- technically then I was already a military police officer. That was my, my job. That was just a temporary assignment. And then I got transferred to California as a military police officer. And uh, they trained. The Air Force actually put me through um, two police academies, one for being a reserve officer and then one for being an actual California certified police officer. You've lived a wild-ass life, dude. You've done. You've seen and done some shit. I, I'm pretty happy with how it's going. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Well, I mean, you're making 75% of a pretty good salary all the way across the country from the place you had to deal with all that shit. And now you're picking up and you're doing comedy. So, I mean, you've still got a lot of life left. I mean, if you play your cards right, you know, you're you're at the halfway point. You know what I mean? So, no, I'm I'm past the halfway point. If you play your cards right, (laughs) put your ass on a Smucker's commercial. (laughs) He drinks a lot. So, we'll give him another 10 years. Yeah, yeah, maybe. I mean, we're being generous. That's if we're being really generous. Twelve. <laughs> Twelve. Twelve years. Twelve will be perfect. Yeah. Because everybody in my family dies at 65, and that's how old I'll be in 12 years. 
Oh, hell yeah. So that's a perfect timing. Yeah, but yeah. imagine you're the halfway point. You know, you get on some sort of weird carrot and kale diet. You could live to 106. It's it's possible. Advances in modern medicine. And he's the in better is, shape than we are right now. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> Comes in here and he's like, got the jeans on, the cool shoes, tight shirt. I can't wear a tight shirt. And I'm like, that's why we sit behind the table, like to hide the, you know. Yeah, that's the word. You think this table's areas. here because we need somewhere to sit our beer? Mm-hmm. No, it's to hide the gut. Mm-hmm. Right? Well, mm-hmm. to kind of hide the gut. I need, need to go this way a little bit. Yeah, we were going to have both laptops right here so you would just see our heads. Something I wanted to ask you about because we talked about it yesterday on uh, the last recorded episode. The belts and all the stuff you do for the club, the leather working, and you built the podium too, right? Yeah, Is that something woodwork, that came work. from retirement or were you doing that before? My my whole life I built stuff. Just Yeah. Uh, like I, one year I decided to learn how to weld because they had that Orange County Chopper, American Chopper, whatever they called it. Mm-hmm. And I looked at these dumb monkeys, and I'm like, if they could build motorcycles, <laughs> right? so can I. Yeah. And I learned to weld and ended up building like custom bikes for my kids and uh, restoring and uh, modifying motorcycles and stuff like that for fun. And I've always done woodworking. I've loved woodworking. Um, and I've always done leather. And I started leather because... It um, feels good on the scrote. Uh, <laughs> I failed out of biology. <laughs> so they had like industrial uh uh industrial crafts or something yeah and if you took that then you could take electronics and electronics would count as my science so i had to take that and then i did okay. leather there i was like man this is kind of fun i like it's really good work it's like what uh so you gave me my joke belt for christmas i just want to formally say fuck you <laughs> I just want to say I didn't give it to you. You earned it. That's, that's, that's fair. That's fair. Yep, he's got a point. I mean, it's the only thing that devalues my belt is that he came in second place because we all know that certain people got robbed. But besides that, right. besides that, he earned it. Everyone besides you got robbed. You got lucky as shit. You're not that funny. <laughs> Fuck you. What, why did you end up doing two? Did you not like the color of that leather or what? Because there's like nothing wrong with it. I like the one that you have better. I agree. So I made two to let Sean pick which one he wanted, and he picked the other one. Oh, I'm glad okay. he so did. So there's no, there's like nothing wrong with. I know. I love this one because it's got it's leather, but it's got the gold and the, the way you like emboss it. It looks like no, mine's better. It looks like metal. Like nope. it's amazing. Nope, mine's better. Nah, not 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 a chance. Because that's why I was like, I don't know why there's two. Did he like not like something he did on this one? Did he not like the color of the leather? Like I thought maybe there was a blemish on it that you saw that I couldn't find. That like I screwed up. I'm gonna start over. But no, it's just it was a choice between the thing. There's blemishes on everything I make, so I don't point them out because once I show them to you, you'll see them too. So it's uh, it's, I think it's perfect. (laughs) Yeah, it's really high quality work, and I know people who've done leather working, and it's not easy for it to look, especially that symmetrical and neat and clean and everything, because all that shit is hand punched. So I'm just saying, pretty good work for a a retired old cop piece of shit. that's not punched. That's all carved by hand. So there's little tool marks around the edges. That's all carved by hand? But all the lettering and all the art is all carved with right here. Yeah, I'm sure that took 10 seconds. Yeah, it was like super quick. Super quick. That wouldn't be very time-consuming to do I could do it too bills. if I wanted. It's whatever. It's not even that impressive. So it seems like at, we kind of sympathize with this a little bit because whenever we go to do stuff, and I mean, this is going to sound like we're sucking our own dicks, and I don't care because it's just, it is what it is. Well, my dick's delicious. Who wouldn't want to suck it? We don't try to half-ass anything. Like, if I decide I'm going to pick up a new hobby, I'm the kind of weirdo that gets into it. Like, we decided to do disc golf, went out and bought all the bags, bought the discs, watched all the fucking videos. We were talking about that before we started. Disc What's golf. that? Me and Johnny were talking about disc golf. Oh, no, like, whatever we could, we entered a tournament. It's like, 
Whenever we get into well, a new thing, we, we we both entered a tournament. Some of us won some tournaments, so you know you got the, the tournament funniest. that you and I entered. We both finished last and second to last, and it's because That's we because we went to a Mexican restaurant, and got drunk, didn't finish. They missed our call half. time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we got penalized pretty heavily. <laughs> I mean, the, you've won a comedy competition. I've won a disc golf tournament. We're both winners here. Point is, okay. So for me, it's like. Uh, like okay, so we've I've got a YouTube channel where we flip houses, right? We decided we wanted to start flipping houses, not having a ton of experience in it. And a bunch of our friends and family were like, "That's a terrible idea, don't do it." But it's like we decided to set our minds to it. And we've been pretty successful with it. YouTube channel, go to start it. A lot of people are like, eh, I don't think it's gonna fucking work." And then we've been pretty successful with it. I decided I want to start doing comedy, and you know, I, I really work at it, and I've done okay with it. So you seem to be like the same type. It's like whenever you pick up something you're not okay sucking at something you're not okay being mediocre at something so like do it right yeah like we talked about um podcasting and i'm i'd like to get in it too i've been practicing so i bought a podcast mixer mixer and i didn't go cheap i bought what i wanted and yeah then, you, can't, you can't half-ass this stuff and then i had a uh, ipad pro and I had the ability to edit it on the iPad Pro, but I didn't like it, so I had to go buy a laptop. And I'm not going to buy a laptop. I've got to buy a MacBook. I can't just yeah. get a regular, you know. Because if you're going to do it, you got to do it. Then I have to have the magic mouse, yeah. you know, and then you know, $4,000 later. Uh, yeah. Well, it's good to know that even as we get older, that shit's not going to leave us. We're still going to be doing that shit. But it's good seeing Johnny, like everything he's put his mind to, it's he's been pretty, pretty well, successful yeah. at it. So, yep. like, you're doing comedy now, too, and... Like, I know we were joking. You say you got 10 years, and I'm saying you're at the halfway point. I feel like if you wanted to be, like, you could take these places. You know, I don't have any illusions that any of us are ever going to be on fucking, you know, Netflix right, at all. Yeah. But I definitely think that we could get some the respect from some of our peers, you know, open for some big comments, maybe be a feature, maybe be a headliner at some places. I know we had a, you know, Mo Alexander came to the club, you know, last weekend or the weekend before, and you were just talking around with him, and just from you shooting the shit with him, and being funny whenever he picked on you in the crowd. And, you know, he was, like, picking on you, and he could have just said something, he could have done a mean heckle, or he could have just been quiet. But the thing he said added to the show so well that Mo actually said, next time I come through, I want that dude fucking opening for me. Never heard of stand-up, but just based on just his personality he's alone. A funny guy. Yep. Yeah. He might regret that, but... Uh... <laughs> no, he won't. He won't. No, Mo's a funny guy, too. I liked him. Oh, can, I, can I tell what the, the whole thing that transpired? Yeah, please do. So Mo's up there, and I think he's talking about you know shitting on cops, this and the other, and somebody let it slip that Johnny was a cop, and he calls him well, over there. He does there. bits about being a cop. It's not like it's a secret. It wasn't to that crowd, because they didn't know, oh, but anyway, so they call him out, and like, but it was in the middle of the show, but either way, Mo like, calls him over. He's like, man, come up here and give me a hug, and he gets up there, instead of Johnny giving him a hug, he starts like patting him down and frisking him, and, like, <laughs> grabbing towards his balls, and then he just goes, he's clean, and the fucking audience <laughs> dies laughing. And I'm like, he, he could have just gave him a hug, and everybody would maybe clapped or had a little weird, right, awkward but, moment. Yeah. No, he's like, I got to take this to the next level. If I'm going to have to hug this dude, I'm going to make it fucking awkward. <laughs> That's good. I am still paranoid about uh, people finding out I'm a police officer. I, I come from a different environment yeah. where you don't see blue flags flying, you know, blue right, flags yeah. for flying or whatever. So, like, if I'm going to do cop jokes, you'll see I sit in a different place. If I'm just going to watch a comedy show, I'm going to sit in the front, have a good time, not worried about who's behind me. Um, also, if you do cop jokes, so you like set, you know, you get to control how that narrative is set yeah, up, this, that, and so the other. I don't like people behind me that I can't watch knowing I'm a cop because in a room of 40 or 50 people, you just need one asshole or one drunk person yep. 
to come up and, and do something. And I really don't like it uh, for my wife. She's lived her whole life worried about me getting hurt, people not liking me. That's fair. You yeah. know, and once, once some people find out you're a cop, they honestly treat you different. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sure. Right? Yeah. For, forever. Like, you know how hard it is to buy weed now? <laughs> <laughs> That's, uh, you know, we do live in an area where cops are probably viewed a little differently than they are in California, yeah. just in general. I mean, we're a pretty back-the-blue area here. Yeah. But I think the the difference maker, the separator, is that you are aware that there are shitty people in this world, and some of them are cops. A lot of them aren't cops. But you're aware that there are some shitty ones out. You're not one of those guys who's like, nope, it doesn't matter. The badge is a crown. You know, they can do no wrong. You're aware that there are some shitty people out there. Yeah. You weren't one of them, and you make that clear. It's like, hey, I, you know, I'm not a racist. I'm not a crazy person. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know some jokes. I mean, I know some jokes. Listen, I'm never the first person to say the N-word, right? Like, I'll let someone else do it first, and then I'm comfortable. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I always check. It's just like when you're crossing the road, you check left, check right, and then you're good, you know? I, I have sung along to some gangster rap in the 90s. Oh, I'm, so. yeah, I'm sure, yeah. But it, the fact that you're not like, because there are some cops like that. I personally know some. I have some in my family who are like, it doesn't matter if they're a cop, they're in the right. And you don't see it that way. You know that there are cops who have done some wrong shit. And you're willing to be like, hey, that guy's a fucking dick. And that's the, that's all it takes to separate you from the people that deserve some of that hate. Yeah. And the converse thing is those cops that I think are dicks, they probably think I'm the dick. Oh, I'm sure. Right. So you're yeah. fucking they might, up for them. They might be in a room in California right now. Oh yeah, talking shit about me. But see, yeah, I I get it when because when I get introduced to people or people don't know me, like I want to control the narrative about me. Like I don't I don't even want people to know where I'm from, where I live, what I do, unless I decide to bring it up. Because like you said, any piece of information you give somebody, they start treating you differently because of it. Yeah. Like we've done the comedy the same time, but I got fucking lucky and won some stupid competition, and yeah. now people immediately started treating me. How, different and how, weird. How dare you? <laughs> you piece of shit. That, I mean, I mean, that, stupid isn't like I'm mad at it. Not stupid that I didn't have a ton of fun at the competition. And that competition was glorious. <laughs> I enjoyed it. Um, it I, like, I mean, stupid in the point like it shouldn't matter. It was like four sold out shows. It was awesome. It was awesome. But when I say stupid, I mean like it shouldn't matter because it doesn't change the fact that I'm still really green at comedy. I'm still not that good. And the fact that people treating me, you know, like trying to get people that used to workshop with me to. Even when a workshop, they're like, nah, you got it, you're good. Hmm. Or now people expect you to be funny on an open mic, or, you know, I, I'm not allowed to suck the same way I used to be allowed to suck. I got no problem. I mean, you still with suck. Yeah. yeah, I know, but I'm not allowed to. Now they're like, why does he suck? I thought he was supposed to, wasn't he? He has a fucking picture on the wall. Like, why? I don't know if I agree with that choice. He should have came in last in that competition. Yeah, I agree. The judging did suck. <laughs> yeah, I agree 100%. Yep. I mean, I'm just saying, audience vote. Did, did you vote for me, Johnny? I, I'm pretty sure I voted for. Oh, this is awkward. Johnny probably voted for me number one, and you didn't get a vote. No. uh, I voted for Rain. I voted for Ryan Holton. And one more. I can't remember who it was. Might have been me. (laughs) I'm not lying. Wow. No, I meant the second night. I only voted on the night that I paid. Oh. (laughs) So I didn't want to count as an audience member if I'm just there it's like fine. working the door or something. Gotcha. He didn't vote for us, Travis. It's fine. He doesn't Man, think we're yeah, funny. He doesn't full love of lying. I, I can tell when a cop's lying. Yeah. <laughs> I've been to traffic Are you court. a cop? You have to tell me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not a cop. <laughs> That's true. You're not anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Alright. I, I, he gave me three votes. <laughs> I, I'm not going to lie. I never said I voted for you and I'm not going to because I don't think I did. So. Wow. 
you know what? Cancel this episode. We don't want him to be our first guest anymore because he didn't even vote for us in the competition. You weren't funny. <laughs> That's fair. He's so got a good point. Says, so my mom says. Yeah, well, she's right. But no, but the point is, is like, I like being able to control the narrative like a little bit because, um, you know, I grew up in a shittier, smaller town than this. And when people find out where you're from or how you grew up, that's why, like, even in the jokes, like, I've got jokes about how I grew up because I had a unique childhood that I grew up in, like, a series of trailers and, and you know, all this just random white trash shit. And I don't feel like I'm white trash. I don't feel like I personify rednecks and white trash. So when people find out certain things are, about though. you, they treat you differently because they expect that to be your personality. So You're definitely white trash, though. <laughs> so, I mean, anyways, I'm saying I get it. Like, if you're going to talk about being a cop, you might be the one that gets to break the news and, and tell it the way you want to tell it. That's fair. Yeah. It, it, it's not that, it's not a huge big deal. Um, but um, I, I like to present it how I could present it. Cause I like to be able to diffuse it too. like, I remember it was like you had kind of a hang up on it. Whenever we were writing jokes, people would tell you to lean into it. You're like, nah, I don't want people to really know. Yeah. Cause it was a while before you did jokes about, about being a cop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I didn't just like hillbilly guy here. I didn't want to be known as a cop guy. Oh, that's yep. me. I don't want to be known as fucking somebody who's trying to be Larry the Cable Guy or some shit. Could have fooled me. Which is what sucks. Bristol, baby. <laughs> then, I'm sorry I had to do it. <laughs> <laughs> you bitch. Do it. But but see, it was, like, I'll get up on stage and like they'll be like, tell a story that's unique to you. I'm like, okay. And then you tell the story. Here's a story about how my trailer burned down. And they're like, well, not that. Oh, my God. Story. A guy at the club who's also had like a similar upbringing. He heard from the bartender that I'm not really wanting to do white trash redneck humor. And he got so hurt. He comes up to you and goes, Tramp, say it ain't so, man. <laughs> say it ain't so. I thought that was like you. <laughs> he thought we were blood brothers and bonded over it. I'm like, yeah, we, you know, we've got that in common. But yeah, I don't want to be known as the guy who talks about like how awful my childhood was with my white trash family. Yeah, well. And I have awesome cop stories that would make excellent jokes, but they're dark. I think dark. that's okay. I think that's, I want to hear, I want to hear those stories. Maybe, maybe, yeah, depending on how, how things go, whether it turns into a bit or not, but I want to, I love that dark shit. Like, I don't know why I always have like the, the darkest, like most bismal evil shit. <laughs> that's the shit that fucking kills me every time. Well, like whenever something gets tense and then somebody breaks it and so the darker it goes, like we were talking last episode, Jimmy Carr's in hot water right now because he said uh, he made a Holocaust joke and he said the good thing about the Holocaust, everybody talks about the bad thing in the Holocaust. You know, six they million Jews six died. Million Jews. But the good, nobody talks about the good thing like we got rid of a lot of gypsies too. And I'm like, yeah, that's a dark joke, but it's still funny, it's right? It's funny, yeah. I love Jimmy Carr. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's, he's a dark motherfucker, too, sometimes. So this, is, this is a true cop story. All right. Uh, back when all the gangs were still shooting each other in California, we get a call of a shooting, and we're like, me and my partner, uh, Steve, are just around the corner. We show up, and we get there, and we can still hear gunfire going, so we park the car, and then we see somebody laying in a, the middle of a cul-de-sac, clearly shot and leaking. So, oh, I love that verbiage. Leaking. Clearly shot and leaking. Yeah. <laughs> so, what would it be leaking, Johnny? <laughs> now we're hiding behind a car, and Steve looks at me, and Steve's a big, strong guy. He goes, I'm going to go get him. Cover me. I'm like, okay, cool. So he grabs him and starts to try to carry him by dragging him from his armpits. But the guy's bloody and uh, leaking, lifeless. <laughs> um, <laughs> so he ends up getting him in the car by pulling him by his, his ponytail the last like 10 feet. <laughs> It's not like he cares. Yeah. 
Yeah, but he didn't feel it. <laughs> you hesitated on he's he's you know because he's not putting up a lot of and, and lifeless. <laughs> yeah, so he's no longer with us. That doesn't mean he's dead. It's just the way he was. Oh, I thought you meant he was dead. Yeah, no. So we get him there, and it turns out, yeah, he was dead. Um, <laughs> so it doesn't mean he was dead. So but yeah, he was dead. <laughs> so Steve starts doing CPR, and there's a whole fiasco. And like later that night like six in the morning, we're in the locker room. We're still covered in blood from trying to help this guy. And, you know, Steve's really hurt that the guy died. And, you know, he's second guessing him. I should have got him earlier. Or maybe I couldn't, I could have done CPR better. And I said, Steve, don't, don't worry. He never would have survived that road rash you gave him anyway. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's good. And that's exactly what he did. He laughed. And yeah, I don't see why you don't do that. Now we're still friends because some people will think it's fuck them. Yeah, well, yeah, but fuck I mean, em. I understand where Johnny's coming from too. You don't want to alienate half the audience who's like isn't okay with that. Like you the, mean the people who aren't like who are already like not cool with cops, and then you're giving well, them not even reason. necessarily the cop thing. Like disrespectful to the dead. I think is the, that's the problem. You didn't know he was dead. Well, he did. He knew he was, he was for, for the punchline. I definitely knew he was dead. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's it's one of those things. It's like. The objective of comedy, like we talked about already, is to make the room laugh, to make strangers laugh. But it made us something. laugh. Sure. But if it's something oh, that... No, you're, you're being hypocritical right now, because Jimmy Carr, we talked about this. You were back, Mr. Carr. Oh. He I'm, alienated a bunch of people with that joke. I'm I'm fine with what Jimmy Carr did. I love that. But what I'm saying is I understand Johnny's perspective or Jimmy Carr's perspective if he's like, maybe I shouldn't have done that. Because it didn't work. Oh, I'm with you now. Okay. I'm, yeah, on board I'm, not, now. I'm not saying that that's not a great joke and he shouldn't do it. You're just saying it. you understand why he's has reservations. Hesitant. Yeah, gotcha. I understand why there's... Because it could result in losing half the crowd or more or whatever, which is fine. Like, I'm not I'm not on board with these guys who's like, you know, my goal is to see how many people I can walk. Oh, dude, night. people that do that, I've heard that being said at our club and I'm like, it's a new comedy club in a town that's not known for comedy like the last thing we want to do is fucking walk patrons yeah because you know that's three people that walk and if they tell three people that's not that's a badge nine. of honor that's not what we're here to do no that's that's a bad yelp review is what that is and that's yeah. somebody going oh i was there and it was terrible they were yeah. just shitting on our religion and our hopes and our dreams and we left we walked out well and that's less drinks that the bar could sell sell and that's why it's open and if you walk people, then guess what we don't have anymore? Exactly. Right. Exactly. This, a place to go. This will be our open mic spot. Yeah, it's like, it's not my place to talk about business, but like, I'll, I'll be sitting there watching it and on the weekend and how things are going and, and you know, I'll have all these ideas and, and I, I'm, it's not my business, but I'm still protective over it because it's our place that we go. It's the first place I did stand up. It's where I kind of learned how to do jokes and yeah, I want to see our club. It flourish, man. We've got a, a game we're going to play. Johnny, if you're okay with this, how comfortable are you with stand up comedy trivia like comedians have you watched a lot of stand-up know a lot of their bits i do i'm not good with names okay well this one's multiple choice so you should be good so we're gonna scroll through here we're gonna read some questions and we're gonna see how many of these and i say right. we're not gonna like try to like keep score or anything like that we're just gonna see if we can get them together as a group just uh we'll see if johnny can get the answer and then we'll all yeah. as a group and there's also a demographic difference between y'all and me like yeah Things were different in comedy when I was your age. So. Yeah, you can still say stuff then. No, I'm just oh, saying no, he's, no he's, he's confused. He thinks that we're from California or D.C. Sweetie, we got everything 20 years late. I was listening to Richard Pryor when I was a kid, and that was current, you know? <laughs> Touche, I've seen how you guys dress. Yes. Yeah, it's true. Well, like, you know, uh, in a lot of this, if it's not Jeff Foxworthy or Larry the Cable Guy, I'm probably not familiar. Jerry Clower. So, yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> I love Jerry Clower. Anyway. All right, Kayla, read us the first one. Hey, guys. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Kayla. All right. Can you hear me okay? Yeah. Okay, cool. All right. This raunchy comedian made his television debut on the variety show On the Broadway Tonight, or On Broadway Tonight, rather. Richard Pryor, George Carlin, Andrew Dice Clay. Hmm. Got a guess, Johnny? Because uh, just based off of raunchy, I've got a guess. Oh, yeah. It says raunchy, but then it says on Broadway, so I'm going to guess. Do you, have a, do you have a thought? Pryor, Carlin, or Dice? I'd lean towards Pryor. I think I'm going to lean towards Dice because it's Broadway, so New York, and he's raunchy. Just based off the word raunchy, I was going clay. Click on prior though. That's Johnny's. Oh. Holy shit, oh, he got it right. Johnny, Johnny right. got it. Dice. We're not keeping score, but he's winning. He's winning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's do it like that. Just Johnny versus us. Dice is a Los Angeles-based comedian. Fuck. Really? He but he's the so, Dice man. He seems so New York. I mean, that's a shtick, I'm sure. But Right. Are you ready for the mm-hmm. next one? What was Rodney Dangerfield's signature line? I don't need any. Give it to us. I get no respect. So the uh, choices are I can't get no respect. I don't get no respect. I can't get respect. Johnny was right. Yeah, he was right. All right, on to the next one. What female comedian's biography is titled The Bedwetter? Sarah Silverman, Amy Schumer, Chelsea Handler. I don't know. For some reason, I'm thinking it's Chelsea. I know Chelsea Handler has a special called You Gone to Be Kidding Me. And I know Sarah Silverman's most recent one is not titled that. I don't know what Amy Schumer's stuff is. This would just be a total guess. Yeah. So we're using the term comedian loosely here. Loosely. Yeah. yeah. Very yeah. loosely. I don't know. Sarah's, she Sarah Silverman's funny. good. She used to be funny. Yeah. I'll give Silverman. You know what? I'll, I'll, I'm going to take some shit for this. I used to think Amy Schumer was really funny too. Because she was the first person to do that, like super slut, embrace the like. She started a. She started that sure. thing, but now the reason I can't listen to Amy Schumer now is because every, not every, but lots of female comedians do the whole like, oh my god, I'm such a slut. <laughs> I don't know that. I don't know that Amy Schumer started that either, though. You got to give a little bit of love to uh, Lisa Lampanelli for that. Oh yeah, hers was just like straight raunchy to be raunchy, whereas like well, Amy, Amy was, was the Amy first. Amy was just person. a dialed down version of Lampanelli. Like I'm a slut and it's crazy, and Lampanelli was like, I'm a fucking slut and I love it. <laughs> but Amy did it in a way like she was a normal regular person, but she was That's just true. okay being a slut. Whereas Lisa's like, I love big black cock. Which I mean, one we going with? Bitch, know what she wanted. I'm gonna say Sarah Silverman. Fuck yeah! yeah that was a wild guess. All right, what successful stand-up comedian got one of his first big screen roles playing Pookie in New Jack City? It's got to be Martin Lawrence because New Jack City is not. Our options are Chris Rock, Kevin Hart, or Martin Lawrence. So it's Rock or Lawrence because that's way before Kevin Hart's time. New Jack City came out in like the early 90s, right? I didn't even, I wasn't even familiar with New Jack City, so. I think it's a Wesley Snipes flick. Am I wrong, Johnny? It is. Okay. Um, so who's in that movie? Is it Chris Rock or Martin Lawrence? I don't know, but I'd guess Martin Lawrence. That's my thoughts. Damn it, it was Chris Rock. I'm going to go with Chris Rock. <laughs> Chris Rock wasn't a lot of movies then, like he did the... Uh, what was it? I'm gonna get you, sucker! Oh wait, doesn't he make a reference to that in Bigger and Blacker? 
I think he's got a joke in there where he's like, yeah, and then Pookie's out here. Like, I think he says something about being Pookie. But no, I could just hear his voice saying the word Pookie, I guess. I don't know. Oh, that was just how Chris Rock talks. Sometimes he holds his hands up, does that thing. <laughs> okay, true or false? Friends of comedian Andy Kaufman, is that how you say his last mm-hmm. name? Mm-hmm. Claimed he faked his death in eight, 1984. Is this true or false? I mean, I'm sure some of his friends did at some point, right? Yeah, let's say true. I'm saying like, true, yeah. 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 I mean, that, uh, that was a lame question. That was, that, lame I was actually question. alive then, guys. <laughs> <laughs> That's, yeah, I was not. not. I was not. not. Oh, here we go. I was firmly in high school, too. (laughs) (laughs) This angry, chain-smoking comedian became well-known for his act, No Cure for Cancer. I actually think I know this one. Is it Dennis Leary, George Carlin, Andrew Dice Clay? I don't want to say Dennis Leary, right? Because he smokes like a freight train on stage. I'd go with Leary. Dice smokes on stage, too, but that's way too intellectual for Dice. Yeah, Leary. I remember Leary. Leary having some kind of something with... All right, let's do ding, like ding, two ding, more ding. here. Yeah, we'll do two more. So, Okay, what politically opinionated satirist. satirist satirist, and comedian has a weekly cable TV show on HBO? Trevor Noah, Samantha B, Bill Maher. All of those? <laughs> no, no, no. Trevor Noah's on Comedy Central, Samantha. Oh, HBO. Yeah. Bill Maher. Yeah, yeah Bill, Maher. Bill Maher. Good job. Okay, last one. This shrieking and often insulting comedian was a preacher before he was a Sam comedian. Sam Kinison. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that, All actually. Right. And I felt bad for not knowing that. Trivia. And then he had a lot of like Jesus and Christian type jokes, too. So this was a lot of fun. That was fun. It was fun. Johnny. Thank you so much for coming and hanging out with us and telling us all your crazy stories. We're definitely going to have you back on. So I'm sure you've got plenty of stories to fill some more time in the future. Guaranteed. All right, guys, thanks for hanging out with us. This has been Opening the Mic. If you like this video, please hit the like button, subscribe to the channel if you aren't already. And other than that, we'll see you next time. See you guys. Thanks again, John. Since you love me so much, what's the deal with airplane peanuts? What I would suggest is just start.